welcome everyone to your bubble of wellness through science, cultivating a new generation. This space of time and empowered information was designed so that you can have a relaxing adventure with your inner health, understanding its five core pillars that also assemble your life. We'll go deep into the science and wellness of nutrition, exercise and metabolism, emotions, consciousness and meditation, and abundance. So relax, enjoy, and keep a student mindset to cultivate your life. Welcome everyone to our episode 33rd in the podcast Cultivating a New Generation. And for today's episode, we are going to talk about an extract of the chapter three, Building a Healthy Ground from the book Cultivating a New Generation. So we are going to go down in the spiral of this story that we left off in the second chapter with some of the issues that Mario and Betty had whenever they had an encounter with their problems, with the discussions and with the different kind of settings that they grew up in. So let's begin with the topic and let's start by just having a, a background to the story. Every relationship has its up and downs, as we know. However, the foundation of every family built from there. All couples that begin or continue a healthy journey have better chances of creating a healthier family bond, a more promising future for their children, and a very important safety net that they will always be able to rely on. Betty and Mario's story is not the, the exception, and we have talked about that to continue their amazing journey into one of the biggest adventures for them. We left off that story after Betty and Mario's reconciliation, which fortunately for both of them happened without causing too much damage to the new member of the family in one of the most important stages of every human being, the process of conception inside his or her mother's womb, which many times is paid little attention to, even when it has a wide expanding variety of toxic effect, effects and memories that a turbulent relationship might have in the baby's future. This is a very important information that many people have to know that whenever babies are in the womb of the mother, they can also perceive all the vibrations, the discussions, the problems that their fathers are having and the impact in the way the brain, in the way the body, in the way the emotions are permeating inside of the baby and creating already toxic epigenetic marks. That's why we have to be very, very careful of trying as much as possible to have a healthier pregnancy period so that babies don't have a, an already stressful environment inside the womb. And to go on with the story, we are going to talk about the creating opportunities. And this is the extract of the book. 
Betty's life was a little more stable after all this discussion and the separation because she was a more focused woman who knew what she wanted for her and the baby, the baby's future. She already knew the new steps in her life. She knew that first she had to speak with her boss, Charlie. He is a very insecure man and obsessive controlling of people's personal life, more when we are talking about women. That is not an exception in real life. We have many examples of toxic bosses that uh, pick on women just because they have issues themselves. Why is Charlie so biased against women? Does this have to do with his family? Let's find out a little bit of background about Charlie's past. He grew up in a family where his father was the dominating character. A completely patriarchal family, he belittled Charlie's mother, mother every time she had an accomplishment related to her work. His father was a renowned scientific researcher as well as her mom. However, Throughout most of Charlie's infancy and adolescence, his father was never present. And when he was there, he was just an image of fear that also made his mother develop a victim complex that Charlie could see very often. This kind of behavior made an imprint in Charlie's character, predisposing him to repeat that pattern due to the fact that several times, he spoke with his mom and she just used her victim personality to avoid demanding respect from her husband, Charlie's father. Betty knew that she had to win her boss' attention by doing something extra due to this past story. Therefore, every time her boss seemed stressed by any other issue, she tried to be supportive and gave him what he needed, attention, validation, or someone that just listened to him. He was very lonely, a very lonely man, as he created a tough image as his shield that didn't allow people to approach him or be able to sympathize with him. So if we pay attention to this extract of the story, we can see how Betty was making research on, on the story of the parents of Charlie so that she could understand that many of his issues came from the emotional background that he had. And she tried to understand as much as possible what were the things that Charlie could look in other people so that he could feel secure and um, also that he could trust in other people. So Betty knocked on Charlie's office and asked if she could talk with him. Charlie said, of course, Betty, what do you need? Betty started by saying she was very grateful for all the opportunities to participate during the audit process that they had in their company the freedom she had to guide some people on what they have to do in order to answer the auditor's questions with more evidence. She also told him that 
he was a very generous and supportive boss during those new challenges. He replied, it's the least I could do after all the effort I saw from your side, even with, with your early experience and being a woman. You have proved to me that you deserve to remain in this company. We can see here how Betty was more clever to attack the issue of his boss being a toxic person against women. And she understood the story underlying his problems or insecurities. And she could now design a strategy so that she could be present in the most uh, challenging times in the company, as well as giving him trust and attention to the very important issues that he was worried about. She also explained when they had this talk to Mario, to his partner, that she had been doing some research about men with, what, with that kind of personality. And she knew exactly what to do in order to become a valuable asset for him and the company. All of her actions performed during the past weeks were perfectly justifiable. After doing that research, she knew what Charlie wanted from people regarding professional decisions and also how these kind of men usually need someone loyal, reliable, one that can be a confidant for them. Thus, she had become almost an expert and that auditing process was the perfect event for her boss to see her as a valuable asset not just as an assistant, but also as a supportive, reliable, and resourceful employee. So as we can see here in this part of the story, she's creating opportunities. She's now making progress in the company just by paying attention to the emotional problems of his boss and also trying to have empathy for him and not being um, neglected, not being also submissive, but moreover being proactive in the way she took things, in the way she developed an opportunity and how she could be noticed more by her boss. Mario on the other side was angry because uh, Betty was often arriving late to the house due to this kind of uh, research and the audit process. So Betty tried to explain what happened. And she said, Mario, please, you should understand that from the moment I became pregnant, I don't have to think just about myself, but I also need to think about our baby and you. In addition, to having and trying to keep this job afloat while we settle and you are able to catch up with your degree and hopefully find a part-time job. I'm sorry if I didn't make a pause or took some time to explain my plan before, but I didn't know if it was going to work or not. 
Therefore, I prefer not to say anything about it because I don't like to promise or talk about things that in the future I won't be able to deliver. We come from different settings and maybe that's why we decide our lives in a very different way sometimes. We shouldn't be doubting each other's action because we are a couple and soon we are going to raise a child together. Therefore, we need to be able to trust in each other. This, of course, doesn't mean that if any of us want some type of clarification to understand each other's behavior, we should always be able to ask for it. So as we can see in this part of the book, she tried to explain her actions towards Mario, although Mario was not being very open to the explanation in terms of the emotional background. Because as you can notice here, he was already developing an insecure an insecurity about why as a man he couldn't contribute or he couldn't do something more in the nucleus of the new family that they are creating. So let's move on in the story to understand the toxic environments that many times we grew up in or we recreate in our adulthood stage. Those after their conversation, what happened to Mario? During the next few days, Mario was having an episode of withdrawal, being isolated again, and instead of pursuing his plans and the necessary steps for him to begin his career and probably to find a part-time job, he was tempted again with an urgent feeling and necessity to escape from those painful, unworthy thoughts as he used to do by consuming drugs. It had been a good while, more or less six months, since he tried any kind of drugs or alcohol, but the feeling and thoughts of unworthiness and not being able to perform according to all the society labels as a provider and or a responsible man of the house were daunting him from his previous experience. He already knew that the easiest way out was taking himself from his previous experience on the help with the drugs. Therefore, he contacted one of his old friends, Jonathan. This new friend was a guy that also had a family. He was not married anymore, but had two children of seven and 11 years old. He was already a successful entrepreneur and owner of a pub in one of the most frequented commercial districts of Mexico City, Masaryk. So as we can see in this part of the story, Mario is already being lured to the addiction of the drugs to cope with the toxic thoughts that he by himself created in his mind and with the story that he is not good to provide for his family. This goes back to the story of Mario's parents and how he grew up and the repeated messages that he received from his father that he was no good at all 
So as we can see here, many of the things that we suffer in childhood starts to play out how we um, regulate, how we address the emotions that we are having at all times. The first stages then that Mario is going to develop, of course, we can assume here that he's going to, again, test the drugs so that he could cope with reality. So in the story, and of course, I invite you to read more about the story so that you can understand better, he's going to look for her ex-girlfriend, who is also a woman that has a very strong addiction to drugs. And during the conversation that they have, Mario is going to have an awakening of what to do in order to address the problems of the drugs. So her, his girlfriend, his ex-girlfriend is going to suggest to him to uh, enroll in a program of detoxification. So we are going to talk about a detoxification process for the addictions of alcohol or any kind of drugs. The first stages of a program that is a detoxification program include a slow detoxification of your addictions to substances, of course, and they include a healthier nurturing program where you start finding natural substances that help you counteract the feeling of abstinence. It isn't easy at all. Your body, of course, will start shivering, sweating, feeling anxious and depressed at times, but it's all part of your dependent mind that is still craving for the drugs and is transitioning your internal chemical imbalance that you have. In addition to changing the food that you used to eat, they are also going to complement nutrition with exercise during those moments. I really realize that we don't know many of the benefits of exercise in terms of naturally releasing chemical substances that make you feel awful and, of, and how after a little while of doing it, you start releasing a self-made pharmacy that helps you to feel better. All the positive substances that you release with the exercise suddenly start replacing the drug effect. Some of them are dopamine, endorphins, and serotonin. All of this chemical cocktail eventually starts repairing your homeostasis and attaching to the receptors in your brain to allow you to overcome part of the anxiety and depression symptoms. You might easily relate to those feelings as I remember that you used to swim to escape from your reality and feel better. So here we are going to go deeper into a detoxification program that is part of the courses and programs that I offer for clients so that they start healing themselves by addressing the issues of each of the pillars of our integral health and understanding that this not only works for addictions, it works for all of your life. And it is the way that we were supposed to be living. 
in contact with our body, in contact with everything that we are feeling in terms of the food choices that we take, in terms of how we detoxify our bodies and how we create an internal chemistry that for the people that are listening and they practice any kind of exercise, they can feel much better after doing the exercise session. So those are the effects that we are going to go deeper into the story of the book and the program so that you can understand what can you do by just following those steps. So we are going to dive deep now in the thought takeaways of the book and in just two segments of them so that we can better understand what this chapter is about. How can Betty's strategies help us in the story with dealing in a difficult situation with our boss? Betty's strategies to deal with her boss were very powerful, proven techniques, and handled in a way that most any kind of bosses would be surprised of how a proactive employee can give a turnaround on a difficult personality. You don't have to become a researcher of the problems of your bosses, but you can be more um, empathic and you can be more uh, aware of the kind of emotions and try to find out a little bit more about themselves and how their background is in terms of emotional stability so that you can understand them and then use that information in order to become a much better employee. First of all, Betty was, as mentioned in her background, a goal-oriented person that had to develop a highly efficient organizing skills to get to where she is. In addition to that, she had always been the silent employee, but carefully winning people over, including her boss, by paying attention to the details. So that's the important part, paying attention to the details, knowing your uh, colleagues, knowing your boss, knowing your um, your friends at work is going to help you to relate much better in a meeting to um, become a key asset in a project or in a very important task that your company can undergo. So we are seeing here how taking attention of how our emotional issues play also in the company and in the way we perform our work. Betty, what she did was taking those details into action. A very, a very powerful strategy that she did was researching about her boss personality, as we mentioned, at the, at the background without seeming needy or eager to be liked by her boss. She just paid attention and tried to research a little bit more. She also became a strong person to rely on and finally becoming the first line of support when an important event, which was the internal audit, took place. All of those attributes were the ones that 
any kind of boss, no matter the kind of personality they could have, good love from an employee. And to do that, of course, you have to enjoy your job and you have to be compromised and you have to look at it from the perspective that it is going to help you. It is a bridge to um, achieve your own goals. It is a goal to have a much uh, healthier and a much financial freedom in the future. So right now it is just an investment, but you have to do it in an strategic way so that you can uh, start moving up the ladder in the corporate world. So the second reflection or the second takeaway in this chapter is going to be this one. How and why did Mario or any man in any man in the in any story of relationships feel ashamed, humiliated, or simply not needed when a woman such as Betty is a provider with a successful career? Let's explain why men feel insecure when a woman is successful and many times now she is the provider of the resources. Men usually have more competitive instinct, more in terms of career or provider roles, which have been conditioned for them since practically a prehistoric epoch. Therefore, Usually men that have as a partner a successful woman and they are not being a good provider or they have not been able to achieve bigger success than their wives tend to feel diminished every time their partners have a success or has a success. Men's implicit self-esteem was lower when their partners succeeded relative to when their partner failed in domains that were higher academic and lower social in relevance to their sense of self. There is some evidence that men automatically interpret a partner's success as their own. So that's relative failure. This is some of the research evidence founded Finded by Ratcliffe in 2013. So as we can see, we have been many times conditioned to believe that our value relies just on the things that we can provide or we can do in the professional aspect. So we have a hard time to cope with this uh, kind of success. Not all of them, I'm not generalizing at all, but this is something so that women can understand why their partners can feel um, diminished or undervalued against a woman that is competitive and successful. There are at least two other reasons why thinking about a partner's success might lead to decrease implicit self-esteem for men. One is that positive self-evaluation derives in part from fulfilling roles typically ascribed to one's gender. So that's the program 
that is what society has told us for a long time. There are strong gender stereotypes where men are typically ascribed with strength, competence, and intelligence, a partner's success, especially if it is construed as an own failure, is not compatible with the stereotype and could negatively impact self-esteem. Men portray themselves as being more competent than they actually are, being reminded of a time that their partner was successful might pose a threat to their own view of themselves, thus lowering their implicit self-esteem. This is also evidence from 2013 against, again, Ratcliffe. And here we are talking about the labels, the program, all of those things that society has um, dictated for many of us. We are talking here about men, but of course there are many labels and things that society has done against also women. And when we place ourselves or our identity and value relies on those toxic labels, then we have more areas of conflict when we have a relationship. So the key idea or the key point here so that you can reflect more on that is how many things in your life dictate your value or is your value dictated by the roles that you perform in your life? Just do a quick exercise so that you can reflect upon all of those labels. You are a boss, you are an employee, you are a manager, you are a father, you are a mother, you are this and that and that. So just play with the roles and see how you identify so attached to those images that whenever you have a failure in any of those uh, playgrounds, let's say, you start having problems with your self-esteem, which if we see it as a story, then it doesn't make any sense because our value doesn't ever have to be defined by the, by the labels that we are playing in the society. That is just a performance that we have to do and we have to give, but that's it. Our values are more deeper than that. But if you don't reflect upon those things, of course that you are going to feel depressed, anxious, and you can do a lot of stupid things in uh, response to those value uh, to that toxic dialogue that you are having in your head so this is the extract of chapter three of course there is a lot more information in the whole chapter and you can dive deep in how women that are empowered create opportunities and how men can deal with the self-esteem issues in a world where the roles have changed. Thank you very much for listening to the story. And if you want to know more about it, you can look for the book 
in the most common platforms and you can buy it in Amazon, Barnes and Noble and in my webpage. Thank you very much for listening. We will be listening to each other in the next episode. Bye. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode and integrating with this community to cultivate more awareness and consciousness in your inner health to create a new generation of humans. If you want more tools to grow your inner health with science and spirituality merch, visit www.davidortegab.com. Remember that you can subscribe to become a premium member and receive plenty of benefits in all five areas of your life. Nutrition, metabolism, emotional resilience, consciousness and abundance for as low as one US dollar daily if you pay monthly or 82 cents if you decide to pay it annually. Now is the time to take advantage for these special prices and upgrade your life to how you dream to be.